Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Scopophilia. We are the millennial movie movement. And I, of course, am your host, Becky Teller, here to lead the movement into the future. So I'm going to preface this week by saying this is a weird, strange, interesting movie that we are talking about this week with special guest Joaquin Cooter. And we are talking about the film 1990 Bad Influence starring Rob Lowe and James Spader. And if you haven't seen this movie like I hadn't, once again, we're watching films that we've never seen before. Uh, If you haven't seen this movie like I did, go and watch it before listening to this episode. I'm going to stress that right in the beginning because it's a film that you really need to experience in order to really understand the conversation that we're going to be having about it, if that makes sense. Um, It's one of the first films where both me and Joaquim had trouble kind of articulating our thoughts about the film because there's a lot of layers and a lot of things going on and a lot of what ifs and and all these kind of very subtle intricacies within this film. So I'm just going to throw that out there really, really quickly in the beginning. Uh, but it was a lovely time talking with Joaquim um, about his children and about the pandemic and just overall how we're doing and overall what it was like for me to discover this movie with him and and try and figure out a way to talk about it. And so because of the way this interview flows and the way it is, I decided to forego using clips from the movie. And this was because of a couple of reasons. One, I was having trouble articulating. And two, it was really more of a discussion about the narrative and the way the film made us feel and the way that it made us think. And so it didn't really seem to fit with the flow of the episode. So going to throw that out there as well, not putting in clips purely because it just didn't feel right in this episode, but more than likely they'll be back next week. So with all of that being said, let's get into it. Please enjoy my interview with Joaquin Cooter about his favorite film, Bad Influence. Enjoy! Scopophilia is the newest thing to hit the market. Defined as deriving aesthetic pleasure from looking at something, it's the new craze sweeping the nation. Taken in large doses, side effects can include an addictive nature to have more film content. If this increase occurs, consult no one and keep listening. Scopophiliacs, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia, the podcast. And I'm so excited because today we have Joaquin Cooter on the show. Hi, how are you? Hello, Becky. Thanks for having me. Of course. And so how are you doing uh, a year into this pandemic? How are you holding up? Well, that is a good question. Um, we, I have to say that we are, I consider ourselves to be pretty lucky because we, um, we have a six, well, a five and a half year old and um, a three year old as of today. And 
they both have this outdoor, all outdoor school that they go to. Um, we drop our daughter off at like a oh. trailhead. And it's insane. And she just goes <laughs> off. She just like goes up a mountain for the whole day. And um, therefore wow. she's been, yeah, it's, I mean, it, I can't believe the difference between what my school was like and what she's getting to do. Um, <laughs> already, like, even if there was no pandemic, but because of everything, she's able to still be around kids. And it's been, I mean, they never go indoors. Um, they kind of wear masks, but it seems like they don't, it just seems like everything, one kid got, one kid's parents got COVID and then, but the kid didn't transmit it to anybody and everybody stopped going for two weeks and then nobody else got it. So it was just, it seems like it's working so far. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, so, I mean, does she still go to school when it like rains and things like that? Like I'm assuming she, they have a rain plan. <laughs> we, we, today it rained pretty big time and they all, they all go, they still went. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. It, it, we, I think um, they have like a tent that they go under if it. Oh, okay. For, for what, when they do nap time, they kind of have like a little, like a, like basically um like a wedding it looks like a like a top without sides okay and that's <laughs> so they that's where they spend their rainy times but um yeah there's it's insane there's it's so we don't we haven't had them doing like zoom stuff because i just think that's insane for mm. for kindergartners like what does that even mean it's like so it's yeah. just like what are they getting there's no thing there's no thing there like there's just mm -hmm. how are they supposed to so i've been i'm just we're happy that they she hasn't had to do that i don't know what will happen next year but anyways where where are you where are you located where do you live so i'm in south jersey i'm a little outside i'm like half an hour outside of philadelphia oh okay mm -hmm. yeah well <laughs> we're we're outside it's we're we're in Altadena, which is a little bit out of LA, like 20 minutes. We can see downtown from, from okay. like, we're just like up on the mountain a little. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's what's been going on <laughs> pandemic wise around here. I was supposed to be playing shows of course, and touring and all that got canceled. So it's been, um, it's been good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I mean, I'm I'm glad things are going well and um it's it's great to hear that your daughter is, you know, having this experience of still kind of interacting with kids cuz I mean, so I went so I get my nails done all the time and my one of the nail techs there was saying she has I think she's 6, a 6-year-old daughter and it's like her teacher keeps saying Hey, like, can you get your daughter to like do this or that or, you know, pay attention more? And she's like, I don't know how to do that. She's six and like just wants to yeah. run around and do things. So, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a struggle for sure for everybody. So, that's great. I know. It's, it's <laughs> so rough. Especially for those like kids who live, you know, what you saw like the pictures in Spain or wherever where they were all and just like, they don't even have out, they live in these apartment buildings and they, when mm -hmm. that, when they were fully locked down and they, they just like have a little balcony and that's it. Yeah. It's just, 
I just, yeah, it, it makes me, I feel so bad for the kids. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's been a rough year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so I'm so excited to have you on the show. Uh, Robert got me in contact with you and has nothing but nice things to say. Oh. And he reached out to you. You were gracious enough to say yes and come on. And you picked the film Bad Influence, which yes. is a 1990 film with Rob Lowe and James Spader <laughs> that I had never heard of before. And never was very even heard excited, of it. Hadn't even heard of it and was very excited <laughs> to watch it because I love both of those actors. And so let's start simple. What was it about this movie that you were like, this is the one I want to talk about? Well, uh, okay. I would say that it was 1990. And I was probably like, um, oh God, I don't know. I, I graduated in 96. So I was probably in like eighth grade or mm-hmm. something like that or seventh grade. I, I'm so bad with that stuff. But um, <laughs> yeah. this was this was something that when I discovered it, this friend of mine and I, we watched it over and over and over and over and over again. Um, it takes place in LA, but it's this kind of super 90s um weird underground like they go to these underground parties where you you get the password from like the back of um the reader they call it it's like yeah you know it's like it's like um chance meetings like um you know something woman seeking You, you just have these codes to get into these insane the crazy, these crazy parties with like neon and dancing and weird seedy stuff. And um, I guess Rob Lowe is this evil drifter (laughs) and he's (laughs) he's just so, he's just so amazing to watch and all of his little lines. And um, it, for some reason it was just very formative. Like I feel like we watch it every weekend. Um. And the music is very specific because the soundtrack was on Island. It's like this kind of weird 90s industrial, but like world music at the same time. And there was all this, I know it was just, it struck this very strange tone that was very in line with the movie itself. And everything about it was just so I mean, you know, I, I have to say, I don't know what you thought of it now watching it, but I just watched it again to prepare for this. And I was like, uh-huh. God, is this holding up? Does this still, <laughs> am I, was because <laughs> uh, it's been a long time. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it fall, it might fall into a bit of like now a kitschy, I'm not sure what category it falls into now in my mind, now that I've just mm-hmm. watched it again. That's fair. So it's, it feels more, like a nostalgia thing for you? Like, Mm. would you say? Cause I mean, so I'll preface that by saying I really enjoyed the movie. And like when I was first starting it, I was like, I don't know if this is like my favorite, but by the end I was really sold on like what was going on because I'm big into true crime and it gave me kind of like American psycho vibes. And like, that was really interesting and cool. And like, I just, I just didn't know what was going to happen by the end. And that really (laughs) excited me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, also, also the other layer to it was that, um, 
you know, Rob Lowe got into that scandal where he in real life filmed the girl in Georgia who was like 16 having sex with her. And so we kept, um, we were like, God, this is so, did, did Curtis Hansen, the director make this movie because of the scandal thing, which would have been really kind of, it was all right at the same time. Mm -hmm. Or did Rob Lowe go do that because of the movie? You know, like how actors are, crazy yeah. and go become the character for a while. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was something we never knew. And this was, you know, pre-internet and you never, you know, it just was like, th- you would come across things at that time and they would just be exciting and weird. And you never quite knew, you know, now you can know everything about everything at all times. Yeah. If you like a singer or a band, you can, watch them do everything and go shopping and like talk about silly stuff on YouTube. But there was a time when you like never knew, you know, if you, if you liked, I always think of Mazzy star, like you would buy those records and never know what she looked like or what her, mm-hmm. like who anybody, what anybody ever looked like if, unless you saw them live. And right. I feel like there was something about that influence where you just, it was just like mysterious and, what was the deal? And then um, years later, um, Curtis Hansen, the director, called my house to get in touch with my dad about something involving music. And he had, he had a question about uh, something he was researching involving music. And, and, and my parents had, you know, we had like the old answering machine where you, it would just start playing in the house because it was like a little box. Uh-huh. And um, I hear... Uh, the old days. <laughs> yes. See, it's all, it's all coming around. And we heard this, and I heard this <laughs> voice. I think he, my dad wasn't at home. My mom was home. And he said like, hi, this message, you know, this is Curtis Hansen. And, and I was like, ran for the phone. And, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to pick it up because, <laughs> you know, this is the only time this is ever going to happen. Right. And who cares? Like, what does he care? Nobody cares. Like, I'm just going to like have to say something. Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. I picked it up, like in the middle of him leaving this long message. And I said, hi, um, this is Joaquim. I'm Rai's son. I heard that you're leaving. <laughs> I, I heard your vo- I was like, I, I had to pick up. And he's like, oh, um, well, hello. And I said, um, I just, first of all, need to tell you from the bottom of my heart that I love that influence so much. And he's like, oh my God. Um, he said, I think he said something like, you don't hear that a lot or something, or I don't get that very much. (laughs) Um, and he said that how he, I think really liked it as well. And I said, I just have to ask you. Did you make the movie because of the Rob Lowe scandal or did Rob Lowe go and do the scandal after the movie? And he said, ah, well, he's like, unfortunately, Rob Lowe went and like while they were making the movie, he went and did that. Like he was getting all like meta, like um, into character, basically, and went and did this, did the thing. And then it kind of overshadowed the movie and and ended up hurting the movie mm. is what it seemed like. Yeah. And, um, and I just, I felt like I had 
struck, I like instantly called everybody. I was like, I just found out the answer <laughs> to, to our bad influence question. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, and so let me also, because I kind of was so excited to talk about the movie that I totally skipped over it. But so tell us, tell our audience a little bit about what you do, because you and your your dad are both in music, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, I, well, as of the last several years, I've started making my own records. Um, and I just had one that came out in October called Over That Road I'm Bound. Mm-hmm. And um, it is me singing and playing the songs of this a uh, banjo player from who's born in the 1800s named Uncle Dave Macon. Um, and it's, it's like the opposite of bad influence. <laughs> like <laughs> if you were to, if you were to pick a record that is diametrically opposed to bad influence, I feel like it's the one I just made. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, and so up until that point though, I, I, I mean, up until the, I put out a record before that and now this one, before that I'd been a drummer and did some, done some film composing. And I grew up playing music because my dad is also a musician. His name is Ry Cooter and he's a guitar player and did a lot of film scoring um, in the 70s and 80s and maybe 90s as well a little bit. And uh, so we, yeah, we have played together since he plays guitar and I play drums and I've worked on his records and he plays on my, um, my uncle Dave one. So that, yeah, I think Curtis Hansen was, it was something about a kind of music he wanted to know. I wish I remembered what it was. It was something for whatever <laughs> movie he was working on. Like he was doing research on something. Um, mm-hmm. gotcha. I was, I was hoping he was calling to ask my dad to do the music. His, to one of his movies i was like yes and you'll say yes and it'll be great but then it wasn't it was like something very not that exciting oh but it gave me my opportunity yes it did <laughs> <laughs> so then let me um back to the movie well i'll also say i was listening to your records and in preparation for meeting you and All i'm right. digging it it's All very right. like it reminds me of um it's very cinematic. I'll say that. Oh, thank you. I get That's that. I get good. that feel. Yeah. Um, like travel montage, like yes. in the desert, like yes. very that vibe. And I, I'm digging it. I like that. <laughs> travel in the desert montage is you know, you can't shake a stick at that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm digging it because it's yeah, it's very chill and like when I when I was getting stressed out about life i was listening to it and i was like this is very calming (laughs) good that's so good yeah Yeah. so then let me ask you what would you say and this might be a difficult question what would you say is kind of the shortest synopsis you could give about this movie okay um (laughs) well basically um james spader is this he's he's this like uh like a analyst, like um, a, a, a successful young financial something. I don't, I actually don't quite know what it is, but there's the stock market is kind of being talked about. Yeah. Um, and 
he he's he goes oh they go to he goes to Shea J, which is a bar restaurant we used to go to in on Ocean Avenue in Santa Monica. It's like it's always been there. It looks it has like a mural of like I don't know. It's like has a nautical boat theme. And uh but I think it's a in inside Shea J, it's a different bar. Well, it does that doesn't matter. I, I, th- I think about these things though because when when you're in the Shea J of the movie, looking out the window, it's not right. Like it's a different, it's a the the exterior and the interior don't match. Right. But um, and then this girl comes in and, anyways, basically Rob Lowe just sort of comes into his life, kind of like Cable Guy, sort sort of like he uh-huh. he, and just starts like um he you know he's like what are you afraid of and what do you want and <laughs> and James Vader tells him he basically just starts helping him in this horrible way and and um they he's he's up for a promotion up against this other guy named Patterson and they kind of like terrorize Patterson it becomes very violent and then yeah. and then he he breaks up he's about to get married and he, uh, it just gets worse and worse and worse until there's the whole, there's like filming, there's a lot of filming stuff, which like filming like a sex thing and filming him kill this girl. It's hard to explain. I don't know how to do it. It's so weird. But, but that's, that's what I'm like, oh, and then Rob Lowe had to go and do it for real, or at least just right. the, sex, the sex part. Not the killing, right? But um, and uh, and then it's just then it becomes like a, it's like very noir. There's always lights coming through, like um, what are those Venetian blinds? Like everything's yeah. always there's always like shadows on everybody's faces. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I love, I love that look. I think I love like um noir meets 90s yeah it's just there's something about the outfits and all the women have like these certain kinds of hairdos that are very like slick back it's kind of like you know um i don't know it's just that look yeah no totally (laughs) and it's it's funny that you mentioned noir because one of the things that i wrote down when i was watching it was like it's not a black and white film but it it has the same kind of feel as a black and white film. Like the color scheme is very kind of mm-hmm. black, white, gray, mm-hmm. modern nineties. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like his apartment is, there's a lot of block glass and yeah. it's very narrow and tall. You're always looking down these stairs. It's just, it. it's so not warm. It's so like he lives in the most uninviting kind of apartment and you're always it's just very oriented up and down and you can imagine like all those places in venice that were built around that time or manhattan beach or wherever they're supposed to live yeah totally well and it's (laughs) it's there's definitely a feel of like he's an analyst and he lives here like not not that i'm saying analysts are boring but there is this kind of feel that the character of Michael Bull is kind of a boring person. <laughs> so like, there's not a lot of yeah. 
like extra decorations in his apartment. So it's yeah, just there's... kind of bare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very yeah. bare. There's nothing except his his TV and he has like a video camera. And yeah. That's, that's basically it. Yeah, pretty much. Do you have um do you have a favorite moment in this film? <sighs> um I you know, I was wondering about that as I was rewatching it. I think it's I think I guess it's just it's really just the build up all the all the setups of everything. Um I don't think I have a favorite moment. I think it's more just like everything that Rob Lowe says is just makes me, it's it's so great. He's so slimy and Mm. perfect. And there's all these little, you know, like little things, you know, everybody calls him by a different name. Yeah. And when you first see him, he's this woman on a dock, on like a, a, um, not like a pier. Yeah. Giving him something and, she's calling him like Francois and giving him like a check. And he's like, you can just tell he has so many hustles going. And, yeah. and that's, I just, I just, I guess I love, I love like the grifter aspect or like drifter something where he's like, he, once this is done, he's going to go off to some other place and do the whole thing again. Yeah. Well, and there's definitely like, by so by the time the murder happens and Michael's mm-hmm. like I don't really I don't know what to do and he's talking to his brother I was thinking about it and I was like because Rob Lowe is off doing another con like he's still mm-hmm. like basically yeah. blackmailing Michael but now he's doing another con with another woman yeah and yeah, it's yeah. like is he is this just a con to murder people is this a con for money like there's a lot of questions that don't necessarily need answers but yeah. it just it just makes you keep thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a con. Well, yeah, it's probably a bit. It's probably money. I don't know because in the very, very beginning, he he wakes up in another place completely with a woman in bed, and he he gathers his things together and goes through the, her, her photographs and takes out each one of him, and then mm-hmm. walks out into like the early morning and throws everything into a a garbage truck and then walks away. So like he is, that was him leaving his last con sort of. Yeah. So yeah, I think he's just, that's just how he is. He's like an animal, like who continues. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And even, (laughs) even when he's confronted about it, it's like, oh, well, people are so phony and, and I did this, you know, to prove a point. And it's like, kind of think he did it for fun like i think there's a bit of i want to do what i want to do in here yeah and he just says i'm sorry right <laughs> even the way he says i'm sorry is so funny he's just it, he he's the he's amazing he really is yeah yeah his inf- it's so funny to see him in a role like this because i think for me, I'm used to seeing him in like The Outsiders and like Parks mm-hmm. and Rec and like mm-hmm. those like more upbeat feeling roles. Mm-hmm. And so when I started watching this movie and it was getting really dark, I was like, Rob Lowe being <laughs> a dark character who like murders people? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's so funny because for me, I only think of him as this character. And so when I see him on like <laughs> comedy TV shows, I'm like, what? I can't even, I don't even want to. 
like that doesn't even I can't even know about that. When I when I saw that he was on like Parks and Rec, I thought I'll, I can never watch that because he has to always just be the bad influence guy in my mind. Right, <laughs> right. Because even even his character on West Wing, and granted, all of these characters have the same speech pattern and inflection because it's yeah. his voice. Yeah, yeah. But like, even I'm sorry. Like, it's just yeah so iconic Rob Lowe like the way he speaks it's just yeah yeah I think that just shows what a a good actor he is because even though like the pattern is the same he's still bringing like an intensity to this character that like I hadn't necessarily seen from him before yeah yeah just craziness (laughs) yeah oh and there's also really good LA landmarks you know there's the said Shay J and then there's the um the tar pits they mm. they put the body in the he puts it the body in the tar pits and then Roblo obviously calls the cops on him and they pull her out. So he try um James Bader tries to cover it up but then Roblo is watching him all the time and Yeah and so it's there's good there's good LA it's just a good sense of place um, in a kind of, it's a backdrop, but you know, you kind of get a sense for where, where everybody is all the time, mm-hmm. but in a, just in a very kind of dark, um, not obvious way, which is nice. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Cause like, so when I first started watching it and this relationship started to form between James Spader and Rob Lowe, I kind of got like a fight club feeling of like oh Rob Lowe Mm. is here to like basically Mm. say man up and like get the promotion and don't marry Mm. the girl if you don't want to so I was like okay this is the movie and then it just kind of takes like a a turn Mm. because of something because like James Spader basically is like "Mm, don't want to do this anymore and Rob Lowe is like oh so you're a phony too and like Mm. the con gets even darker than maybe Rob Lowe even imagined it would it's hard Mm -hmm. to say (laughs) it's hard to say yeah oh yeah because oh yeah because then you wonder well had he not had james spader not kind of gotten upset about it then what would the trajectory have been because yeah rob lowe said i'll show you he's like i can be your here's what i'm going to do to you if you don't if you're not on board and he starts getting real awful yeah. What, what would have happened had James Spader just been like, all right, about everything. Right. <laughs> right. It's like they, so he beats up Patterson and mm-hmm. <laughs> basically, basically makes it seem like they like almost tried to take a hit on him in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. James Spader gets freaked out and is like, you know what? Get out of my apartment. Never mind. Like, I'm not doing this anymore with you. And Rob Lowe's like, oh, so you'll, you'll rob a bunch of convenience stores with me, but you, you won't do mm-hmm. this. Oh, well guess you're out and like suddenly this elaborate scheme comes out of framing him for murder and being one step ahead and like a cat and mouse type thing and it's like <laughs> yeah. if James Spader had been like hey thanks for beating that guy up for me did we do that together I don't remember would it just have <laughs> continued in that same way of like drinking <laughs> yeah. drugs sex and rock and roll you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah that's a good that's the sliding doors you know what right. if what if yeah i like that i'd never yeah. really thought about that yeah well <laughs> and it's it's just one of those things where it's so clear 
by the time all that stuff happens, that this is not Rob Lowe's first time doing yeah. something like this. Definitely. He's got his whole little net. He has like a, a web of yeah. stuff going on. For sure. For sure. Ah, man. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody in your life who, looking back, you're like, they were a bad influence? Um, maybe not to this extreme, but like, <laughs> maybe not to this extreme. Um, th- well, you know, cause cable guy is, is the kind of lighter version of bad influence in a way, you know, it's, mm-hmm. he come it's, and there's been some cable guy types yeah. But not 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 the Rob Lowe types. I haven't okay. although although I was looking up the movie just to see if there's anything I didn't know, and it said that the writer based it on a true story of a guy who m- met like a mysterious surfer who came into his life um and I don't know to what extent it's similar, but it, it, so it's, I never knew this, that it's based on, basically it's loosely based on a true story. And that's pretty crazy. Interesting. Yeah. yeah that is pretty crazy. <laughs> Depending it, on he, which of the facts were real and which weren't. Yeah. Like, um, I think they referred to him as a mysterious surfer came into his <laughs> life. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. I can't imagine. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you get people, you get certain people who are more intense about things than you are. And you have to make a decision whether to, you have to just stop being their friend, basically, and be like, I'm, I can't be in this friendship anymore. Um, mm. that, that has happened every now and then. Not so much anymore. I feel like once you become a parent, kind of well maybe not maybe it can still happen i don't know um (laughs) um, but yeah that was mostly when i was younger Mm. isn't that how it always is yeah exactly (laughs) so i gotta tell you one of the funniest notes i wrote down in watching this movie was after the murder towards the end when he calls his brother Pismo. Yeah. Because he's like, there's a dead body in my apartment. I don't know what to do. The cops are never going to believe me. And the note I wrote down was, don't call your stoner brother if you need to hide a body. Like, that seems like a terrible idea. And then Pismo, like, complete 180 turn is like, I'm no way is Roblo going to get me. I'm going to be smart about this. (laughs) Like, really pulls it out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he does. He's I was like he's, he's quick moving, he's strong. He kind of yeah. pushes him away at one point uh-huh. in a pretty like forceful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His yeah. vote comes through. Like yeah, immediately I was like ready to write him off like this is a liability bringing this person in. And then yeah. he it's like wow, he's actually really smart about this stuff of like <laughs> how to get things done. Definitely. Like I mean cuz he's even the one who is like, don't step on the brake because the car oh, will yeah, explode. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, why would I ever catch that? Like, <laughs> like craziness. 
yeah. he really comes through. That 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 are that's a cool trick that I never putting the attaching the brake light to the cigarette lighter and then putting that in the gas tank. So when you yeah. press on the yeah, that's crazy. And you would never notice that because it was nighttime and mm-hmm. all those wires were kind of concealed. Yeah. And you really wouldn't know unless you turn on the car and if no one else is there to be like, hey, your brake light got smashed in. Like, right. how would you know? Yeah. So now all of us are going to be looking before, yeah. we get, <laughs> before we get in the car. <laughs> yeah. Got to check. Smash brake light. Uh-oh. You've, you've crossed <laughs> the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of in, an interesting dynamic narratively of like – I thought I knew what I was getting into because I didn't read the synopsis or anything about it. I was just like, we're going for it. We're going in. Yeah. And it kind of became almost two different movies. And, and I mean, like I said, I'm a huge true crime fan. So once there was like a murder and like, how Mm -hmm. do we get out of this and how do we come out unscathed? Mm -hmm. I was like extra invested. I don't, I don't know what that is, but I was, it was just like that heightened extra bit you know what i mean yeah yeah i i do that scene where he because he 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 puts in the vhs tape Mm. and rob Lowe, it's him in his house right where he's watching it and then he goes and kills the girl in the other room and so james Spader keeps looking down the hallway but he has to keep watching and then Roblo comes back and kind of is just smiling at him and kind of laughing. Yeah. So it's like this, this, the way that was done, I thought was really cool because he's, he's there, but he's not, he's just on the screen. And then the thing that he just did is just down the hall. Yeah. So there's this weird thing with time and kind mm-hmm. of, um, that's a really effective, um, spooky scenario. Hundred percent, and it's yeah. like he's already framing James Spader before James Spader even knows what's happening. He's literally yeah, yeah. putting James Spader in his shoes of like yeah. I was here, and then I walked down the hallway, and I murdered Claire, and then I came back out, and here we are. Yeah. It's just it's very kind of involved in itself, I guess. I don't know mm-hmm. a better way of saying <laughs> what I mean. What yeah, I mean, yeah. right? But a hundred percent. Super creepy. And then he's there. <laughs> and then he's there. And then he's yeah. there. <laughs> so good. It was really it intense and interesting. <laughs> I can't believe it's so funny that I, of course, I didn't think that, it, of course, you would watch it because it's, <laughs> it's your, this is your job. But um, <laughs> in a way, I like forced you to watch that influence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Force is strong because I'm always true, looking for, yeah, for yeah, new yeah. films. Um, and the fun thing about this season has been all but one of the films have been films that I haven't seen before. So like, that's been really fun. That's especially, cool. yeah, especially in quarantine when like, you're not doing a lot of things. It's like, I get to watch a movie critically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's is good. super nerdy probably to say, but, well, I haven't, I mean, we don't, my wife and I used to go see movies all the time and it would, but since not having kids and we don't, 
really like to have the TV. We don't really have a TV anymore. And and now we just don't watch. And now it's just like, so I, I, I basically watched Bad Influence. I would wake up and I watched it like over two days at like six in the morning. Right. Before, before the kids woke up, like in the darkness, like watching it on my iPad. It was a funny, it's a, it's a different, you know, times have changed. Yeah. A lot of Disney going on over there. A lot of, a lot of brightly colored films. No, that's the thing. I am one. I will. I'm gonna make sure. I'm gonna try and la- like keep Disney away from my kids for as long <laughs> as possible. Um, when they get when they're sick, they can watch Mister Rogers. But that's that's as Aww. deep as they have. It's so funny too because Mister Rogers is so slow and gentle, and it's just like fish in a fish tank, and then or. Like this is how they do recycling, and and then you are like, this is how orange juice is made, yeah. and it's it's like so chill, yeah. And compared to what's really going on out there right now, and <laughs> and we keep on, we watch them watch Mister Rogers, and we're just like, oh my god, they have no idea what's like lurking <laughs> behind yeah. the door, like what's coming, right? Because <laughs> it's so kid stuff that's programmed for kids is so it's so like in your face and so ah it's so cut 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 everything's like Mm. and loud and just kind of maniacal yeah so i i just i can't stand all that (laughs) i mean that's fair and mr rogers is a phenomenal choice uh it's like getting wrapped in a warm blanket when you yeah. watch Mr. Rogers, it's safe and comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very slow, and there's like mm-hmm. jazz. There's always like a there's like yeah. a little <laughs> piano player just kind of playing along. It's so it's so great. Yeah, it really is. I'm always whenever I watch it with them, I'm like struck by really how incredible it is. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and so no Disney. Mr. No, Rogers is okay. Zero Disney. Is there any like is like what else other than Mr. Rogers are you are you having them watch? Well, they've seen they've watched parts of Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. Which but I think my daughter just likes certain parts of it. Like they like the music mm-hmm. numbers. And I think once it gets into the storyline with the kind of Actually, I've never really watched it, so I'm not quite sure what's happening, but I know there's like Germans and <laughs> and I think part of that story, maybe she doesn't like, she can sense that something is like, right. somebody's up to no good, sort of, uh-huh. um, but um, yeah, but <laughs> that's, that's really it. I mean, there's no, it's all too, it's all too uh, insane. We're, we're mm-hmm. like major, no screens, all that stuff. Um, I mean, that's great. Yeah. It sounds like between no screens and school outside, sounds like yeah. a real old school kind yeah. of way of growing up, which is very cool. Yeah. yeah. And we're kind of in a, a bit of a neighborhood where people drop by and like bring, bring us like pear cobbler. 
<laughs> it's like it's like a real old timey there's animal like people have farm animals i don't know there's there's it's it's a nice thing i when when the floodgates open and i'm no longer able to keep it away like then so be it but that's hopefully not going to be for a very long time that's that's right. that's my that's my hope cuz at some point i will yeah. lose to the power of <laughs> iPhones, mm-hmm. Disney, like I will lose eventually, but for the time right. being, I'm really holding on. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing they won't see bad influence for a very, very long time yeah, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, <laughs> there's no inkling of the world of bad influence. <laughs> the, <laughs> The day, the the evil dangers lurking in shadows of beach communities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting that Los Angeles. You don't. I think when you see a lot of films that take place in LA or like the more glamorous areas of California or the metropolitan yeah. areas, I should say. Yeah. There's kind of a glamour to it. And this is very much seedy underbelly yeah. version of it. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, beach, I feel like beach towns have a seediness to them. There's like a transient. Oh, 100%. There's like a, yeah, there's like these kind of, there's just, yeah, I don't know. It, it attracts that. And so there's something about like the dive bars by the beach that are so seedy. Mm-hmm. In, a, in in an extra CD way than you would see somewhere more in Hollywood or something. Yeah. And, and especially in the nineties, you know, Santa Monica has changed so much now. It's, it looks like anything you, it's malls and you can get like Sephora, you know, <laughs> it all like forever 21. It's all the uh-huh. same now, but back in that, at that time, none of that was there. And there was like a true kind of weird underbelly quality to it. Growing up, you just could sense it. It was like, God, what's going on around here? It's very, <laughs> and kind of vacant and empty feeling. Mm. Whereas now it's just, you know, crammed, very touristy. It didn't have that feeling back then. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it was very... That I think maybe that's another reason why I love Bad Influence because it was it it, it just has that um, lonely I don't know like empty wide streets and and this like weird loneliness and people just and then of course you have these everybody's saying these like very these lines which are mm-hmm. appealing. Um, <laughs> it's just it's a, it's a match mm. yeah I mean I think you have two different elements of this area because on one hand you have like this seedy underbelly and then you also have these elements of like really interesting underground parties that are like mm-hmm. you need a code to get in and all those things mm-hmm. which to 
I guess to my mind is like, oh, that's so glamorous and like secret and like Mm -hmm. how fun is that and who's going to these parties. But it's also, it has that kind of seediness to it of, well, you need the code word and you need to know where it is and you need to know the pattern and it's very secret society. And it's, it's kind of interesting to see those two things of like, Corporate LA, seedy mm-hmm. underbelly LA, and underground mm-hmm. party scene LA, like all yeah. rolled into one. Yeah. Yeah. And and in that era. Yeah. Because there's like, yeah, yeah. you know, people were, they're doing these weird performances, you know, each time yeah. they go, <laughs> each time they go to the, sh- to the party, it's, one time it's this band playing, which mm-hmm. is crazy. And then one time it's like people in leather doing like just this crazy modern dance with neon sticks. Yeah. And, and you would never see like what, where would that exist? Like I never, I've never been to a place where that's what's on stage. Right. And it's like, you kind of want to go, but at the same time you're like, mm, seems a little sketch to me. Yeah. And if everybody's doing drugs, it's like, what drug are they doing? It's, it's right. like probably something a little weird. I don't know. It's just everything about it's, um, yeah, and it's always the same people at each one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you see the same people again. Yeah. It's it's very funny. Yeah, it's just like you get the feeling of like the 90s, obviously, like the end of the 80s into the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's like everybody's on cocaine and like mm-hmm. making out all over the place. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's so funny watching party scenes like that now because it's like, my pandemic brain is like, no, that's how you get Corona. Totally. <laughs> like, how did we survive until now? <laughs> oh my God. That's all. That's the problem is now it's hard to watch anything for me because I keep on wanting to say no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, it's very, it's very um, distracting. Cause you, you keep, I'm, I'm just like, you guys are, you guys are insane. All of you. (laughs) But now I think we were all insane. Yeah. Just going to music festivals and going to movie theaters and eating at at, like buffet, (laughs) like, you know, like going to soup plantation. Like Mm -hmm. we were just really asking for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, (laughs) it's crazy to look back on those with, the regulations I think we're all kind of used to now and looking at those situations and being like, how I can't even fathom doing anything like that anymore. It's, it's some kind of miracle that it didn't happen sooner. Yeah. You know, because when you it really wasn't think a, about it. Yeah. It was, I mean, I guess it was happening in other countries like Asia. They've been wearing masks for a long time and right. having these kinds of like SARS and all those things. Mm-hmm. So we're just, we're, we're so, as a people, we're so like, it's just so different because we're all these different states and we're all mm-hmm. about our freedom and these other, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's crazy, but. No, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I think about it all the time that like two and a half, three years ago, Like my friends and I were all saying how, oh, isn't it so weird that Asian countries, they're always wearing these masks and like, what are they afraid of? Like, what's the big deal? And, and all this stuff. And now that is our reality of like, they were ahead of the curve because they were thinking 
that could happen at any time. I'm going to protect myself in large groups of people. And yeah. now that's our reality. It's not, it's not as interesting or funny anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Even if everybody's vaccinated, I still feel like on a plane, I will wear a mask. Right. Or going yeah, my to LAX. Too. Yeah. Yeah. He'll do the same. Yeah. My fiance literally just said that the other day. He was like, I think I might just still wear my mask in like high crowded areas because that just yeah. seems to make sense. <laughs> yeah. How about like one of those huge airports? Like, oh yeah, let's go to JFK or right. somewhere where people are just pouring in from all over the world in these mm-hmm. in these enclosed buildings. Right. And you're jammed together and everybody's like touching everything. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. I'm definitely gonna wear a mask. Yeah, like even I think even now, like when you're watching Bad Influence and they're in the bar, <clears throat> they're in, and they're seeing the band and stuff like that, and it's just crowded with people, and he's like pushing his way through people and like yeah. touching things. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe maybe some hand sanitizer would be good, right? Um, in that situation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just craziness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun watching this movie. I can't even tell That's you. That's <laughs> great. I'm so, well, you know what? Then it was a success. Yeah, 100%. Success. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. So is there anything else that we can say about this movie that we haven't covered? <sighs> I don't I don't think so. Because so much of it, it's hard. It's I find myself tripping up over how to describe it's like I want to describe one thing but then I want to then I have to say well to understand that you kind of have to go back and back and back mm. so I feel like we've I feel like we've covered most of it um your listeners just have to go see it now they have to just exactly they have to yeah. jump on there and and <laughs> go see it for themselves 100% I think it's a movie that you need to experience for sure in order to like really get it um, I was going to say that Curtis Hansen, the director, he also directed The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And oh. he also directed The River Wild. Did you ever see that? Okay. I had not seen that, no. Well, they're both, they all have this kind of, they're like being terrorized. It's, it's like unassuming, well-to-do people being terrorized by a drifter. It's a, it's mm. the same thing. Like hand the rocks, the cradle is also a great one. God, should I have chosen that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, that, that's another one that we, I used to watch. I just loved all the, it's the same thing. It like just gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like these young, um, people who just bring somebody comes into their life, their lives and just upends it. And then the river wild is um, Meryl Streep as a, she's like a, a really good rower. <laughs> like a, she, it starts off with her, like, you know, and I don't know, you always see it in East coast movies that take place like in, in Washington DC where those, like rowing crew and oh, like, yeah. in the early mm-hmm. morning you see like yeah. <laughs> kind of like rich people are always like right <laughs> really good rowers yeah um she's one of those people and then takes her her family or her son maybe her, her family on a, a river rafting trip and then 
they come across Kevin Bacon, who's a he's like an escaped convict, and he starts. He's so good and and like um, and has this big smile and wants. He basically kind of like insinuates himself into their trip, and then and you can kind of sense something's off, and then it just becomes horrible and everything goes wrong just like just like that that influence so i just thought i was like wow he really has curtis hansen at this point he had this kind of thing that he was doing of like young you know yuppie that's how they describe um (laughs) you know which like doesn't exist anymore quite but it's like these Mm -hmm. kinds of young rich people who just get terrorized (laughs) (laughs) which is I love all three of those movies. I guess just Bad Influence is the one that really, I guess, because it takes place, like I grew up right around where they all, it just kind of was like my, that was my one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to watch those other two for sure. Oh my God. (laughs) The Hand That Rocks the Cradle is really worth seeing. Okay. I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to, and I'm going to email you and and let you know my thoughts. (laughs) <laughs> yes, do that. That I would say that over the over river the river wild. It's it, and the Ross cradle is like pretty amazing. Okay, good to know. <laughs> so, are you working on anything right now that you'd like to let us know? Like, where can we find you? Well, um, the record is out. It came out in October. Um, over that road, I'm bound. Um, it's on none such, uh, which is the label and you can hear it, you know, it's on all the things, right. Spotify, <laughs> Apple, whatever mm-hmm, anybody mm-hmm. Is, does YouTube, Pinterest. Um, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but, um, I, they're saying that I have shows in Europe in like the UK in November. Wow. I, I find that hard to, to picture. Uh-huh. But I, I, I said, yeah, let's go for it. And if, if it gets canceled or pushed back, like no big deal, because everything mm-hmm. else so drastically has already been canceled and pushed right. back that <laughs> I, I'm not going to be surprised. Right. Um, <laughs> but um, so that I, I, I would just encourage people to hear the record. And um, I have my Instagram, Joaquin Cooter my website, my things like that. Right. That's amazing. That's basically, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like I said, I'm really digging the album. I'm very, Thank you. I was very excited that Robert connected us. Cause I think yes. this was very fun. And, oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> and then, like I said, I really enjoyed the movie. It was, it was, I, I think it's true. Like you need to experience it to like really get it. Yeah. So, thanks. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we, at least you and I now know this. Exactly. We, we share this knowledge. Right. We are on yeah. the same page about this yeah. film. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> okay. Well, absolutely. Watch Hand the Rocks of Cradle and uh, maybe, no, I, we shouldn't do, we shouldn't talk about that one. You just have to see it for yourself. <laughs> we'll just we'll email about it, okay. and then down the road we'll we'll come up with another great <laughs> thing to talk that. about. It. I love okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Another huge thank you to Joaquin Cooter for coming on the show and talking about his favorite film, Bad Influence. This was a really fun interview to do. It was kind of challenging in that it was hard to form complete sentences about what I experienced when watching this film, other than kind of delight in not knowing what to expect or what to, what was going to come next, really. So again, I encourage you, watch this movie, experience it for yourself, and let me know what you think. As always, if you like this episode, you have just a couple options. Don't worry, I'm going to run through them for you. Um, option number one, you can go ahead and listen to all of our other episodes from season one, as well as the episodes we have done already for season two. Option number two, you can follow us on Instagram at scopophilia underscore podcast, where I post everything you need to know about this week's coming episode, as well as fun little things every now and then just for your enjoyment. Option number three, you can follow us on TikTok at scopophilia the podcast. And number four, you can rate, review, and subscribe the show because, of course, it always helps out a lot. I love to hear what you guys are thinking, makes my day, and helps out the show in general. So make sure that you are telling your friends and your family and your family of friends and your friends of family about the show because we all just want to keep talking about movies. I know you want to talk about movies. I want to talk about movies. We are on the same page. As always, I'm your host, Becky Teller, leading the millennial movie movement here on Scopophilia. And I'll see you all next Friday. Bye!